0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Healthy Perspectives podcast. Thanks for joining us for today's journey, and I hope you enjoy. Money, money, money. Today's conversation is about money. I'm gonna take a different slant to it because as you've noticed in my other podcasts, it's what I tend to do. As a therapist, I'm always trying to come up with Um, you know, different angles to look at things, to look at challenges, to look at successes, so that we can more accurately evaluate them. And with our conversation about money, money, money today, uh, I'm going to do the same thing. Look, at the end of the day, we need money. Money is how we pay for our needs, right? We buy food. We make sure that we have water. The shelter that's over our head is a result in some part about Money, even if our shelter is a tent or a tarp, we we chances are had to get some money at some point to get those things. Now, there are examples of people who have lived lives where they hardly needed any money whatsoever. It can happen because what they've done is they've prioritized their needs over their wants, or They happened to want very little, and therefore their needs took precedence. Today, however, I'm going to take a funny angle on this money thing. I want to tell you where this conversation piece came to me today. This morning, I was looking at Twitter, and on Twitter... I was looking at the trending I do that sometimes I I like to find out what's trending so that I can have a clue about what's going on in the world now on Twitter the funny thing is there was pieces of the trending that looked like it was money related and when I dug a little bit deeper I discovered it wasn't so much money related But a lot of these things that are trending this morning on Twitter, we've got like Tuesday Vibe, Wordle, VMAs, Venmo it Forward, which I thought was going to be all about money. Um, And it kind of is, but it's not necessarily what you would think. And then, you know, the list goes on and on. Those were like the top ones. So as I'm looking at those, you know, I'm I'm going, hmm, like, what should I be talking about? that's related to those. I'm not going to talk about Tuesday vibe, even though it's Tuesday. Uh, Not necessarily when this drops, but when I'm recording it. Wordle, eh, not my thing. Uh, VMAs, okay, so, you know, you're talking about some uh, cultural influence, cultural power. Uh, Not necessarily about money, although there's a lot of money involved. Venmo it forward. I'm going, wait, that's, that's about money. And so the St. Louis thing and, and so on, I go on and on and I look through the top 10 and then I switch over to getter and I'm just, I'm doing a little compare and contrast. And number two on getter was money. So I started to think, you know, I see stuff about gas prices. I see stuff about grocery prices. I see stuff about inflation I'm getting a lot of feedback that money is a big topic. So I did a little compare and contrast, which is a very interesting thing to do. Look, I'm going to give you a little therapy hack here. Therapists do this a lot. We look for what's there, but we also look for what's not there. We're we're constantly trying to say, what variables are we not paying attention to because they're not being presented. Clients do this. Social media does this. There's a lot of leaving it out, omissions. We want to identify missing variables because it's critical to our success as a therapist. If I can tell somebody is avoiding a topic, that's super helpful. Now, I can't always get it right, but part of the reason we dig a little or a lot, depending on what therapist you have, It's because we're looking for those variables that you're just avoiding, you don't want to talk about. And it's really hard to pick those out. It's hard to do it on social media as well. So there's two variables I consider about Twitter and Getter. I'm going to just clarify this. This is some framework that I use as a therapist. One, what does Getter or Twitter want or not want me to see? That's variable number one. And the second variable, just as important, is what does the audience, so the users of these platforms, want or not want me to see? That's super important. So things that are trending are super interesting, but things that are buried are also super interesting as a therapist, because I want that bigger uh, picture, that, that, the view of something from multiple angles. And so keeping all of that in mind, I'm digging into this and I'm like, I know money's a big topic and I, I probably really haven't addressed it much as uh, you know, a, a podcaster. So maybe I'll get after that, but let's take a look at it more. And so after all of this, Uh, my brain, my mind as a therapist, now, look, I'm not saying this is right or wrong. Uh, Some of you may be more quick to judge that. Fine, do your thing. But after all of this, my mind settles on two things. Money on Twitter and the way it's talked about is very different than money on Getter and the way it's talked about. And I wanted to point those two things out. Now, obviously, that's a platform thing. I get that. But the thing is, it has two pieces to it. The people who are in charge of Twitter, the people who are in charge of Getter. Also, the people who use Twitter and the people who use Getter. Now those are just two platforms. I looked at other platforms too, but I I zeroed in on these two because they were such contrasting pictures and I wanted to lay it out on Twitter. Followers on Twitter, the users were trending hard with things about winning money. The desire to get more money through no means of their own. They just wanted to win it. Yes, they had to like something or subscribe to something or whatever to be eligible. But man, it was trending big time. And the other money related, significantly related to money, was this thing about commercials on Hulu. Now, Hulu, we know, is a Disney thing. And Hulu is apparently refusing political support via ads. Now, that's a big deal. To turn money down is a really big deal. And to watch it trend on Twitter is the users of Twitter are attempting It looks like, at least. And this is just a perspective. Not necessarily the perspective or anything like that, but a perspective. The users on Twitter are trending that up. It appears as a means, based on the things that I was reading, as a means to apply pressure to Disney, Hulu, to put those political ads on their networks. That's an interesting situation there. I'm going to keep an eye on that as well. Matter of fact, I'm gonna go ahead and mark that on my note so that I come back to it. When I switched over to Getter, I saw a census. It was the, it was the second. It wasn't the most popular. There was a war situation that was the most popular, but the second thing was a paying bills poll. That now paying bills is polling higher than COVID, meaning it is getting more attention and people are struggling with paying bills more than they're struggling with anything related to COVID at the moment. That's interesting uh, because it's an observation of a problem. Now, I'm a therapist. I do a lot of observing problems. I totally get the idea of observing problems. And there has to be a Let's do something about the problem at some point, which I'll get to a little bit later. Outside of this, nearly everything else was about international affairs. So it's a lot of looking outside of uh, the, the the self bubble. So I'm going to turn the lens a little bit. Now that I've I've laid some foundation, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you something that's, that to me is super comical. Uh, I've got this book that was given to me as a gift. F in exams: the very best totally wrong answers by Richard Benson. Now, in this book, which was uh, written in originally in 2008, it was released in the UK. But on page 63 of this book, this is literally what it says: a new car. This is a math section, so they're they're talking about the test answers that were the most hilarious, uh, most comically. Wrong. Um, A new car costs $32,000. It is expected to depreciate 12% each year for four years and then depreciate 8% each year thereafter. Find the value of the car in six years. So it depreciates 12%, then depreciates again 8% for the following. And so the question is, how much is the car worth at the end? The answer to this, (laughs) this is funny. No one will drive cars in six years with fuel going up like it is. That was in 2008. Look, some of the problems we face aren't new, but these money issues are real. Now, I don't mean to make too light of this. I do wanna emphasize that. We have a responsibility to think about how money is used. Money is a tool. It's like a hammer or a, a nail or anything that is a tool Money is like that. It is a tool that buys what we need and oftentimes in America what we want. I'm going to give you the basic lesson. The basic lesson is this. There's only three things you can do with money. You can spend it, save it, or give it away. Now, there's a million ways to spend it, a million ways to save it, a million ways to give it away. But really, everything that you do is spend, save, or give it away. And there is a lot of ways to earn or make money. Not all of them legal, not all of them healthy, but there is a lot of ways that you can make or earn money, including stealing, which I'm going to address here in just a few minutes because I want to go over the simple therapeutic economics. An increase in spending, bear with me as I go through this flow of thought and stay with me because I think when it's all said and done, it'll make a lot of sense to you as spending increases and we don't have a continued increase of earning. So an example of that, we have recently had earnings go up, but the increase in spending has gone up faster. Like the cost of stuff has gone up faster than the increase in income. Therefore, we have an increased spending without an increased earning. What that means is that we have more pinching, in other words, we're having to cut things out, more borrowing, or in some cases, more, th- more stuff like stealing. When that happens, the next piece that comes in is, is we pinch, borrow, and steal to increase our income, essentially. We have elevated emotions. And we'll start with the pinching. When we are cutting things out of our life, when we are having to change our lifestyle to something that is less than what we are used to, it has significant emotional impact. We may find that it's healthier for us in the long run or not. It depends. But when we cut out something that we are used to having, it creates an emotional response. The same is true when we borrow we have an emotional response it creates a weight that we carry and if we are desperate and we go into things like stealing then we start to question morality like shouldn't somebody show up and be helpful to us and we start to quite our faith in humanity uh, suffers and stuff like that so it's again another emotional response and as emotions increase The need for support, friends, therapists, family, other people who can help us also goes up. And the problem that we have in that moment is if it's affecting millions of people, which it is, we end up in a situation where we have a need for support and things like therapy, but our ability to pay for them is diminished. So, We get nervous about asking for help because we don't have the means to pay for it. And it takes a lot of humility to ask if there's a way to fund it some other way. My encouragement to anybody who's doing that with a therapist, ask. Like the worst thing they're going to do is say, you know, I can't right now. Um but I, I can give you a referral and see if this other therapist might be able to. Sometimes, I know I do, I usually try to carry one or two pro bono cases at a time. Now, those are often taken, but when they're not and I have the means, if I'm feeding my family and we're meeting our, our, our basic needs um, and I can, I will donate my time to help somebody in need with the hope, not even the expectation, just the hope that somewhere down the road, they will do likewise. They will pay it forward. They will maybe pay for somebody else to have therapy, whether with me or somebody else. I don't really care. But my, my agenda there is I want to help people become helpers, right? Like that's important to me. So the other thing that happens there is people are less likely to help when the burdens Have increased, they're more likely to go to those basic daily comforts. Watch an extra show, read an extra book, uh, you know, sit in the bath for extra long. Like they're going to go to those basic comforts that allow them to continue to function as high as they possibly can. And sometimes it's to an unhealthy level, right? Where we get more and more selfish. And, and then potentially even greedy about our time, energy, and resources. That does happen. But in a time like this, um, you know, those emotional elevations can reasonably predict that these kinds of things are going to happen. People will go towards superficial coping mechanisms, social media, addiction, gambling, at a much higher rate. Because they need hope Look, uh, hope is a need. It is not a want. If we can't see a possibility of a future, ask anybody who's suffered with depression. If we can't see the, the opportunity for things to get better in the future because we we you know literally cannot project out that far because we're working so hard in the moment, then these other things, we become susceptible to them at a much greater rate. That's a really big deal, too, because the last thing I want is people to suffer silently. Like we we got to not suffer silently. We need to let people know that we're suffering. So, you know, find anybody in your life who is capable of empathy and love and care and just say, I'm suffering and I'd really like somebody to talk to you. And hopefully, hopefully they will get their arm around you and, and just say, you know what? Let's let's figure it out let's figure it out together you're not alone let's let's see what we can do that is that simple economics as it boils into the therapeutic world so as my friends my therapist friends are feeling super busy there's also this super big need that is going unfilled still so we got to we got to find a way to take care of that I'm going to go ahead and pause there. I'm going to reverse a little bit. I want to go back and draw a conclusion that I got from Twitter. I know I started Twitter and, and Getter, and then I went down this therapeutic sort of trail. But I'm going to go back to the, the Twitter and the uh, Getter stuff, and I'm going to draw a couple of therapeutic conclusions. Now, I don't know these to be fact These are observations as a therapist looking at this as sort of a miniature uh, social experiment. Obviously, it's not a great social experiment, so try not to judge me too harshly. But Twitter users go to games based on what I said earlier and what I saw this morning. They go to games like Tuesday Vibe, Wordle, the VMAs, those comfort items. And then the Venmo at Forward, which is literally about making money that you don't have to work for. So they go to games and entertainment. And as I read through the the top 10, almost all of them were about games or entertainment. When I look at getter users, again, I'm not passing a judgment here. I'm simply making a therapeutic observation. Getter users go to observing the problem like the census and and taking a look at these international uh, affairs they want to observe problems which leads me to concern about what are we doing about it on getter because most of the things that i saw We're pointing at problems. It's like pointing a finger and saying, "Eh, Look at that silly thing over there that's all messed up. I mean, I think that's a good step in some ways, but it's not a conclusion to point and say there's a problem until we put some time, energy, and resources into fixing it. So, you know, one is appears to be at least checking out and into those self-superficial, I'm just going to go ahead and do something for me right now. And the other is looking out and pointing at problems, but not, at least as I saw it, offering much in the way of solutions. Just admiring them, like, hey, there's a problem. Let's everybody sit around the table and look at it and talk about how silly it is to have that problem there. Two different users clearly on those platforms do what you want with that information i'm not necessarily one is not necessarily right and the other is wrong i'm simply saying they're very very different so my takeaways we know money is necessary make sure we're prioritizing wants and not needs never forget the difference between the two the needs are food shelter air water sleep love hope Things like that. The wants are everything else. There is not very many needs. There is a lot of wants. Cutting back is necessary in hard times. When hard times come, we have to be willing to let go of some things. That doesn't mean we let go of the most important things. It's like you don't have to let go of your morality. You don't have to let go of your love and care for one another. You don't have to let go of your sleep. Sometimes you do, but not not big picture, long term. You don't have to let go of clean water. Some communities have lost clean water and they know that suffer. And it's a real suffer. You don't have to let go of your need for clean air and shelter from the weather. That doesn't mean everybody needs an air conditioner. It doesn't mean well, we do need shade and we do need the ability to cool down. But that could be a river or a lake with some trees if you're lucky enough to be near them. Another thing that's a takeaway is helping others is necessary in hard times. If you have the time, energy, resources, including money, please find somebody to help there are people suffering right now that won't even tell you they're suffering they're too proud or they're 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 trying to find their way through it and they they don't know to ask they don't know how to ask and even even if they did it's hard to ask let's be real if you've ever struggled in your life it is hard it is hard to ask we want to be able to survive this thing without you know, going and leaning on somebody else saying, hey, I need like $400 to make this ends meet here or, you know, I got I to get some groceries for my kids. But you got to ask, make more or spend less. Those are your options in hard times. Make more or spend less. Hard choices. Ask for help if you need it. And here's the way that I have learned to humble myself and ask for help if I need it. The answer is automatically no if I never ask the question. I gotta be willing to take that step. I Look, I could do it to you right now. Hey, all you out there, uh, I, I haven't, I, I'm, I'm gonna appeal to your sensibilities here for a second. I haven't made any money off of all 70 whatever podcasts that I have produced, not a penny to this point. If you got an extra you know, dollar, $5, $1,000, heck, if you're a millionaire and you can afford to support a little guy like me, by all means, contact me, let me know. We'll figure out what that looks like, all right? You can Venmo me, you can PayPal me. I'll take it, I'll take it and I'll try to put it to good use. I'll try to do good with it. And if the answer is no, if you're sitting out there going, oh my gosh, who is this guy? I'm no worse off. I haven't lost anything. I mean, a little bit of pride? Eh, so what? I've been been in hard places doing hard things before. I don't need all of that pride. So ask for help if you need it. Please, if you are suffering, do not suffer alone. Whether it's financial, emotional, physical, there's no need to suffer alone. And then don't forget this. This is an important one. Money only has the power we determine for it to have. There will be people in this world who try to convince you otherwise. I know that, and as a therapist, I've seen it a lot. But money only has the power you give it. Because money is a tool. And some tools are pretty useful, money being one of them. I totally agree with that, but it is still a tool and there are still only three things you can do with it. You can spend it, save it, or give it away once you have it. That's it. Three things. So all it does is tell us how you want to spend it, how you want to save it, and if you want to give it away. There's a little therapeutic take on money. I hope this was helpful. Please share this with friends, lots of them. And uh, you know, hey, if you got an extra mill sitting around somewhere, you want to give it to this guy? Let me know. We'll have a conversation. See what see what we could do with it. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a great one. Breaking news, everybody! I'm going to give you a little bonus section here in just a second. Stay tuned. I think you're going to like it. I am going to give you a little bonus segment here. <clears throat> and I'm doing it because as I was going through and editing, which mostly when I edit, I just take out gaps. Sometimes if I fumble my words, I'll stop talking. I'll let the recording run so that there's this silent spot. I'll go back. I'll unfumble my words by deleting the old and inserting the new spot. So I basically pause and I start again so that I can say it the way that I should say it from the beginning. But one of the things that I noticed, uh, (laughs) here I am having more difficulties. Well, one of the things that I noticed today in my recording, and I'm just going to go to it, uh, I was gulping a lot (laughs) And so I thought, you know what, my listeners, you you guys deserve a little bit of an explanation as to why today was so different. In my recording, so this morning when I got up, my wife decided she was going to take me to the office today, which was really sweet. I very much appreciated it. It was either that or I was going to ride my bike. And I jump in the car, the car seat, the passenger seat is tilted way up and pushed way forward. And I'm like, what the heck i'm thinking who the heck sat here and why did they need to have their head touching the ceiling and being able to see down on top of the hood of this car i'm like baffled so i i say to my wife like who sat here and she proceeds to tell me about who was sitting there last and stuff and as i'm doing that i'm pushing the little button to push the seat back and then i'm gonna flatten it down and well i i clearly did it in the wrong order because one of the things that happened was in the car seat, we had uh, we had just gotten back from Glacier uh, a week or so ago. And down under the seat was where we kept our bear spray because we wanted to make sure we had bear spray for the trip. And anytime we got out at any of the hikes that we wanted to do, we wanted to have access to the bear spray. So what ended up happening is that there's the car started making this hissing sound. I was like, Oh my gosh, what is that? And my wife was like, Oh my gosh, what is that? And so together we were like, Oh my gosh, what is that? And we decided to go ahead and stop and listen to the hissing sound. And we were like, well, it's not the radio. And it's, it's so not the speakers. It's, it's, I don't know. It sounds like the air is on, but there was no air on. And so I opened my door. We, she had parked and like, we were right out in front of the house. So she had parked and I open the door, and I get out, and I'm listening, and I put my hand down there, and and then and then I, I recognize what's going on. Yeah, you probably have already figured it out. Uh, uh, somehow, putting the seat all the way forward and in that really slanted position had pinched the bear spray bottle. I believe what happened was that it made a hole in the bottle, but while it remained pinched, the hole wasn't doing anything only when I moved the seat back did that hole get exposed and that hissing sound yeah that was the bear spray the pepper spray right underneath me going off going crazy thank goodness it was pointed down but you know I had to reach in there, grab that thing, and throw it out of the car. I reach down, I grab a hold, and it doesn't come loose. I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I was like, maybe I should adjust the seat. But I was like, no, I'm going to give it a twist and give it a pull and see if I can get it out real quick. Because the last thing we want is pepper spray all over the car, right? And we're already getting a bunch of pepper spray all over the car. And so I reach down, I twist, and I pull it out, and it's spraying all over my arm. And and I chuck it into the yard. I just threw it. I, didn't, I wasn't thinking, I mean, I just get that thing out of my hands, get it away from us. And this puff of smoke, um, pepper spray, really is well it was, this mist is just all over the place. And so I don't know if you noticed, but during my my recording, I was gulping a lot and, well, it, it appears that that has sort of lingered, you know and, and so I thought I would come back and give you this bonus segment to one explain those uh, those funny things. Those of you who didn't notice, thank goodness, I'm, I'm hoping that you didn't. Uh, but for those of you that did notice, I wanted you to have a little explanation and a little start off to my day. There you go. I hope this was a a good last few minutes of your time. I hope you're laughing as hard as I am inside and have a great day.